I see a lot of people saying, oh, I can do that. But I think I want to see a lot more people say, I can do that. I've never done that before, but like, I can do that. And I think we were real honest with John. I I was like, I have no clients. I've just started this. Here's where we are. Um, And I think I would encourage people to kind of have the same vulnerability. Like you don't need to act like you've done it before. You know, what I want to know is that you have heart and passion to try and make it excellent. And I think that's what people care about. I mean, they want it to be excellent. They want the product to be good. But I know somebody that has the heart and the passion and the drive to make it excellent is going to work 10 times harder than somebody that maybe has done it five times and has no heart and passion. This is the Inspire to Move podcast with Trey McKnight. If we want to get there, we got to move. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Inspire to Move podcast. And I'm really excited about today because I have somebody here who I would attribute a lot of my success in the past uh, six, seven years to. (laughs) And you'll see some of that. No, it's true. It's true. Don't push back on that. It's true. Um, This this lady is uh, an incredible, incredible person. She's a wife. She's a mother. Um, she uh, is a board member with the Metro Atlanta Chamber, uh, is a business owner, which we'll talk a little bit about, uh, and just an all-around incredible, incredible, incredible go-getter. So please welcome to the podcast for this session, Miss Emma Cool Pitts. Emma, how you doing? That is, that is hands down the best introduction I have ever had. <laughs> you just send me that edited version. I will send it to you. Absolutely. <laughs> that intro. Oh, I I'm doing to. good. I'm doing good, Trey. Thanks. For, I'm glad to be here. I'm good, good. Well, thank you for for saying yes to, to coming and spending just a few minutes. You have had um, a big part in helping me grow um, as a communicator, um, as an MC, as a host, um, now as a podcaster. Uh, you you gave me a lot of ideas in, in starting um, into communicating even through a blog three years ago that I think directly attributes to a lot of what I do now. So um, I'm grateful to you just for the investment that you have placed in my life. And I just wanted this audience to hear from you as well. Just some of the things that you've walked through that I feel like um, would bring a lot of value uh, as we all are just trying to be inspired to move toward positive life change. So um, first and foremost, I got to say, I I think that you have one of the coolest names. It's (laughs) literally cool is in your name. Yeah. So my maiden name is Emma Cool. My new last name is Pitts. So you know, I decided to keep my main last name. So it's Emma Cool Pitts. But uh, no, my dad's a dentist. And so his name is Dr. Cool. And he's, he's a pretty cool guy. Dr. Cool. That makes it even cooler. Dr. Cool. Do you call him Dr. Cool? Uh, When we're being snooty, we do. We call him (laughs) the mayor because he knows everybody. He's just a dentist that like, he just never forgets a name. So wherever we go, he's like, well, there's Jack over there. Let me go say hello. You know, <laughs> um, he doesn't talk like that. I don't know why I impersonated him like that, but um, <laughs> it's not a lot older than he is. I love so, that. Yeah, we, we do sometimes and we're giving him a hard time. Yeah. That's we great. like to call him Dr. Dice, actually. Dr. Dice. Okay. Explain Dr. more on Dice. this. You know, this plays a lot into my story, but yeah. um, my I'm an Enneagram seven. My dad is an Enneagram seven. And he actually started taking us to Vegas um, when we were young, my sister and I, because he just, he is all about experiences, fine food, theater, like whatever you can do to fill your bucket to make you more knowledgeable and more well-rounded. 
Um, and so he plays a little crap. So sometimes we call him Dr. Dice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now you mentioned a little bit of your story. And even as you said that a second ago, I don't know if people picked up on this, but did you have a little bit of a draw? In the a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not super prominent, but it is there. I can pull it out every now and then. Where are you from? I haven't been told that in a while. Um, I'm fr- originally from Louisville, Kentucky. It's Louisville. not Louisville. It, you, you slur it all together. It's Louisville, Louisville. not Louisville. It's, it's like you got Louisville. Somebody explained it to me one time, like you have marbles in your mouth and you have to. That's right. You just slur it all together. Louisville. <laughs> I was in Louisville not too long ago and uh, they got really excited. I was speaking in front of about 300 people and they got really excited when I said I learned the right name, the right way to say the name Louisville. And when I said Louisville, they all applauded. Yes. So apparently this yeah. is a thing. Yeah, it, it is. It's a thing. You know, you know, you know, Kentucky when you can just slur it all together. Okay. So. All right. Well, now we all know. <laughs> well, I'd love to dive a little bit into your story, um, specifically for the time that we're in right now. Um, we're recording this in early April. Um and just dealing with everything surrounding COVID-19. Um, I've said this a couple of times now, but a good friend of ours, uh, Reggie Joyner, said just a couple of weeks ago that this quote that has stuck with me and kind of what I want to highlight for you today is this idea that in crisis, creativity can thrive. Mm-hmm. And if you look over the years of different crisis moments worldwide, really, um, but especially in the United States, these uh, businesses and or organizations and or nonprofits, um, different things that come out of moments of crisis where people have to get creative and move toward maybe something different or, or that ends up being something better than what we've known prior. Um, and you have a little bit of that in your story, even prior to COVID-19. I don't know if you would call it a crisis moment, but um, you run an organization uh, called PullSpark. And so if you would just share a little bit about what you do with PullSpark and then kind of how all that got started. Sure. So I'm the CEO and founder of PullSpark. We're a film and event agency. And our thing is we're memory makers. So in everything that we want to do, we want people to walk away from watching something you've done or interacting with your event and say, do you remember when, like, do you remember when big stuff did this? Do you remember when you know, uh, Coca-Cola did this. Do you remember when Spanx did that? Because if we can leave a memory, then they can walk away with a relationship with your brand, um, which ultimately creates buying power opportunity, you know, all of those things. And we think that we believe the ROI on content is people remembering things or the purpose behind it. Um, so, so that's really what we do. We're a group of producers, I saw a need in the market to have a producer-led company versus a technician-led company. There's a lot of wonderful technician-led companies, but just thought, hey, I think it would be great to have a producer-led company. So um, that's why I started. Um, But I never set out to start a company, I I guess you would say. I never said, someday I'm going to be CEO. Someday I'm going to do this. It it just kind of happened to your point, kind of to some degree. But um, we first met uh, through North Point Ministries. Yeah. I was staff running North Point Online. Do you remember the first time we met? Oh, gosh, no. In person. We had known of each other kind of from a distance, but it, the first time in person, uh, you were with Lauren Espy. Okay. And she introduced us. And the, literally the first thing that you said to me, you said, hi, I'm Emma. Have you ever thought about doing North Point Online? <laughs> Right. I said, um, uh, sure, maybe <laughs> that was, that was your recruited. You recruited me right in that moment. Yeah. Uh, so I ran North Point Online, which was the online streaming platform for the Sunday services for North Point Ministries. This was 
eight, this was about nine years ago, actually, when I started the job. So if you think 10 years ago, you know, you think now, well, every church on the planet streams 10 years ago, not so much. There was a handful of us. So I really got to pioneer the program, which I was the first time that I really realized in my spirit, oh, I'm a pioneer. I'm a starter. I'm a builder. I love results. Um, and what, what did that, that, what did that do for you? Sorry to interrupt. What did that do for you? I mean, how was, how was that a shift for you going from whatever was before to, wow, I'm, I'm a pioneer. Like that's a, that's a big statement. It is. And what was interesting for me is that everyone else in my family had a specific tactical thing that they did. And I didn't have a tactical skill. What I mean by that is my sister's a composer. So she had something like really her whole life that she could produce and was like, this is what I do. My brother um, was a communicator. He started communicating at a very young age. He's a preacher now. He, he got asked to speak a lot in college. So he's had it, he had it again, like a, a specific thing that he did. My younger brother is a developer, taught himself how to develop, didn't go to wow. college and has been recruited to all these other companies. And so all of my siblings kind of had these tactical things that they discovered at a really young age. And then I came into my twenties. North point was my third job. And, and I, and my first two jobs were kind of short cause I moved and um, my husband, and I got married, but um, really kind of my first longer job. And for me, I was like, I know I'm good at something. I know I have a lot of drive. I, I know there's something in me, but I just, I didn't know what it was. And when I came to North point, it was seeing creativity and experience combined with a result of we're on a mission here that for me, those were, it was those two ingredients together. That is what allowed me to realize I, Oh, I'm good at this. And I think I had experienced both those things individually, but didn't know how they worked together. Now I wasn't in the healthiest place as a leader um, (laughs) or emotional. I had a lot of things I need to deal with, you know, as a child and, from everything I've read, um, I was kind of, how old was I at North Point? Uh, old, I'm 37 now. So I was in my late 20s, okay. which they say, if you're in your 20s, which I know this podcast is for, women usually start to deal with stuff in their early 30s, men in their 40s. So ladies, if you're 27, 28, 29, get ready. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, but no, it's it, and it can be a really good thing. But just got put in an environment where I realized... I'm really good at this, got really confident in it, but then didn't know how to deal with that confidence in a healthy way. So it would manifest itself in a, I'm right. I know I'm right. Or I just know in my gut, this is what we should do. And so we're going to kind of go there. Uh, Which is, which I think, I think a lot of people maybe cross into that. The, The first time you grab onto something that you can be confident in, that you feel like you're good at, um, and especially if you're in a leadership role, but have not either had examples of great leadership in your life or have ha- never had anyone teach you, this is how you apply what you've now learned and what you can be so confident in. Um, I think a lot of us do. I went through that where right. you are struggling to figure out how to express what you see and the confidence behind what you're doing without steamrolling people. Exactly. And I think the other part of it too is when you're younger and you're in your 20s, you're going off your gut and your instinct a lot more than your experience because you don't have the experience sure. yet to do that. And there's probably a lot of times your gut and your instinct is right. If you're in the right lane, then you're probably right more often. And so it's hard to come to the table and say, 
well, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think this is what we should do because this is what we should do, but you feel it very strongly. I'm a feeler. So I feel things very strongly. My husband's a fact finder. So he'll come to me and list all the facts and I'm like, cool. But how do you feel about dinner? Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and he's like, well, the facts are we have this in the kitchen. We don't have this in the kitchen. This is what we can afford to eat. I'm like, cool. What do you feel like having for dinner? Stomach saying. (laughs) Yeah. And those are two very different things. So I think I think what was helpful for me to understand in that season and learn is that I was a feeler. So I was never going to come to the table with the facts first, but other people on the opposite side of me needed facts. So I should do my due diligence and try and back my feeling and my gut up with facts. And I just didn't know that. I didn't know how to articulate that. I didn't know how to communicate that. Working at North Point was the best job I ever had. I had the best leaders hands down was no doubt the best place I ever worked, but it just got to a point where I couldn't be my full self, uh, in that environment because I moved very, very, very quickly. Sure. And, uh, I was learning, um, through a lot of mentorship. I got a lot of mentors. So if you're young, get a mentor really walked me through how to be me in a healthy way. Yeah. What does that look like? So I spent about three years doing that, but then at the end, rubber just kind of met the road. And I always felt like I was kind of pushing part of myself away in the job at North Point, but I had discovered this part of me that was so true that I couldn't, you know, there I discovered what I love. I discovered what I wanted to do, but I needed to do it at the pace at which I was created to do it at. And I knew, you know, nonprofits and churches, they move a little bit slower um, than the pace that in all honesty, I was created to move at. So I thought, okay, we made a mutual decision for me to move on. And, um, it was really tough because I loved that place more than anything. All my friends were there. My community was there. And so I started interviewing at a bunch of different agencies. Um, actually one of my friends went to go work at one of the agencies I interviewed with and I didn't know what to do. And I was fortunate enough to take up a couple months off. And I went home to Louisville and my sister-in-law, Megan, my younger brother's wife said, well, I mean, why don't you just do your own thing? Emma? I mean, you just always have great ideas and you just, you, you're always saying like, you know, well, I think maybe people should lead like this or run organizations like this. And I don't know why, Trey, but it had never occurred to me to do that. Probably I didn't feel brave enough. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think I was still grieving the loss of an incredible job sure. to some degree and maybe didn't, you know, think that way yeah. as you would put it, you know, creativity during crisis. And it, it was somewhat of a crisis for us just because it, it was change and a lot of change very quickly. Like yeah. what we're doing now can feel, oh my goodness, what do I do? Where do yeah. I go? What perspective should I have? And so easily you can, you know, not have the right mindset. So she said that and I said, well, okay, maybe I'll try this. So we were 50 different things before we got to full spark, but we got here. (laughs) No, was that a confident we'll try this or was that, I mean, how did you feel in that moment to take the step of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I mean, you know, I imagine anybody stepping into a situation like that is thinking, oh gosh, okay. I mean, you have a family already at the time, you know, you, yes. you've got, you've got, yeah. you're contributing to the household in, in being yes. able to eat and have a roof over your head and all these things. So, um, you know, what, what was that like stepping into something that's brand new that you've never done before, but still recognizing, Hey, I still have responsibilities. I still need to take care of mm-hmm. X amount of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. One that nobody's asked me before. 
I'd have two answers for that. One, I wasn't, I didn't just pursue my own business at the same time. A long time ago, one of my best friends, Casey Oakley, who I met at North Point told me, God, you, you usually find what you're, if you're a believer, you, you hear God's voice in the pursuit. Um, and then also you can figure out what, what the best wise thing to do is in the pursuit. And so I pursued a couple of things at the same time. So I was pursuing agencies. My sister-in-law said that to me at the same time, my husband and I were like, well, if we're ever going to move around our family, now's the time to do it. So maybe we should move. And we said, you know what, we're going to pursue all three of these things. And we're not going to make a decision on any single one. We're going to pursue all three until we feel like we can make the wisest decision possible. And what the pursuit of those allows you to do is it allows you to figure out um, the goods, the con or the pros and the cons and all that testing, the the refining. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think also at the same time, when you pursue only one thing, you become so devastated or emotionally tied to it that if you pursue a couple things at the same time, like even though there may be a job you really want, that's your dream job, you should pursue other things because when you're, when I was that age, I just didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know, you know, what was out there. And so again, yes, it's, it's all about, I think, opening your mind up to different possibilities. Um, so, but when I realized that, um, okay, this is what we're going to do. I had narrowed out the agency thing. We had narrowed out me taking a full-time job because of kids and the, what, how demanding it was. So it was either like starting my own company or Louisville. So we just said, well, there's no time frame to move back home. So let's just see if we can get any clients. And then also just, you know, start talking about moving back and see what it sounds like. And we always thought we wanted to someday. And so I started having meetings. I mean, I didn't even know how to get like a tax ID number. I was like, I mean, Google was my best friend, right? (laughs) So um, how did I feel in that moment? It was, I wouldn't say it was scary because I actually feel like I do personally better in crisis than I do maybe sometimes when things are going real easy. I like the challenge of things. I like the unknown. That actually gives me adrenaline. It gives me speed. It gives me inspiration. It actually gives me vision. Where I was telling a friend the other day, at the beginning of this year, I was feeling really anxious in January and we were about to have our best year ever in Full Spark. Wow. And it was so weird. Wow. Um, but we got our first client, which was John Maxwell. I told my small group I was starting this thing. I said, yeah, that's we're going to do that. That's a good one video. to start with. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to do video. I'm going to do events. And this girl, in my small group is now one of my best friends in the world was like, I know a girl who I think does that. She works for a guy named John Maxwell. Do you know him? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we went and had lunch and it turns out they needed someone with streaming experience and all these things. And I said, I have no clients. I have references and that's it, but I can give you a quote. So I gave her a quote. They called my references and they hired me to do it. And we still work with John today. So wow. it's been a wild ride. So your, your first client was as if I'm hearing correctly was as the result of you saying, I'm going to take a shot at it. It doesn't matter what my repertoire is. It doesn't matter that I've got uh, tons and tons of experience in the past. Sometimes it's just a matter of being confident enough to say, Hey, let's try it and see what happens. And now you're, you're still think, working with, with yeah. the organization. Yeah. And I think being on, I see a lot of people saying, oh, I can do that. 
But I think I want to see a lot more people say, I can do that. I've never done that before, but like, I can do that. And I think we were real honest with John. I I was like, I have no clients. I've just started this. Here's where we are. Um, And I think I would encourage people to kind of have the same vulnerability. Like you don't need to act like you've done it before. You know, what I want to know is that you have heart and passion to try and make it excellent. And I think that's what people care about. I mean, they want it to be excellent. They want the product to be good. But I know somebody that has the heart and the passion, the drive to make it excellent is going to work 10 times harder than somebody that maybe has done it five times and has no heart and passion. Gosh, that's so good. You know, you know that's that's a lot of what I've learned from you over the years, um, just in in your go-getterness <laughs> and in your passion and your heart and, and really in the vulnerability. I mean, even hearing, you know, back when you were in your late 20s, um, you know, hearing your story tells me there's a lot of self-awareness there of recognizing, mm-hmm. hey, this is what I'm strong in. This is what I'm maybe not as strong in, but I'm going to be honest about that. I'm going to be upfront about that. And I'm not going to let that keep me from the thing that I, I know I can probably do, you know? And I think that's the thing that can cripple us a lot of the time. It's, it's crippled me in the past is, is seeing something that I know I can do, but there being barriers in the way and figuring out how can I get past that and really just offering up and saying, Hey, I think I can do this. This is where I might be weak, but let's learn together. Um, I love that. That's so good. good. That's so good. Well, I know you don't have a ton of time left. Um, I just appreciate you coming in just, just for a few minutes. I would love to have you on again sometime in the future. If that's, sure. if that's cool. I think that you have a ton more that our audience could hear and, and learn from just as I have from the years and continue to learn from you. Um, I, just one, one last thing uh, to throw out there. Um, what would you say for you is the secret sauce for somebody who's maybe in their twenties right now and is in this current world condition of I'm locked at home, I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out what is the creativity that I can find in this crisis. Um, if there is one thing that you could say, I'm sure there are plenty. What would you offer to someone who's sitting there right now going, what do I do next? What I would say to somebody is I never want this to come across as like I'm being self opportunistic, Okay, but there is so much opportunity before us right now than there was six months ago before every single person. And what I mean by that is if you can figure out how to see a need in the market, not something that you can do, but a need in the market, what do people need now? You can have so much creativity around your business, around your future, about wanting something new to do, Um, I I mean, I sat my team down and was like, okay, we just lost all our Q2 sales, like literally in five days. What, what can we do? Um, and so I think that gets me excited. Um, and I think the people that are excited about new opportunity, which it's hard to wake up every day and and be that are going to do well, they're going to be okay. And there you have it. That is my conversation with my friend Emma Pitts of Spark, founder and CEO. Um, one of the ways that she and her team have gotten creative, I can tell you she truly practices what she preaches uh, and everything that you've just heard. Uh, they do events, obviously, across the country and during a time when events have basically come to a halt. Uh, they actually produced an event just a couple weeks ago that was 100% online called the Online Con. Uh, they said it was an online conference to teach you how to do an online conference. So uh, if you go to theonlinecon.com, uh, you can find it there. Um, you can log in and see every bit of content, lots of great speakers, lots of great insight, leadership, all kinds of things there. Uh, and I was grateful to get to be a part of that and get to host that alongside Emma. 
for that event. So definitely go and check that out. Uh, and then, of course, you can find her um, at PullSpark. I'll put all of that in the show notes, of course. Uh, as always, I want to just encourage you. Um, I hope you are enjoying this so far. I know I'm having a blast and really excited about all that is to come with this podcast and, and many more friends that I would love for you to hear from. So um, please make sure in your podcast player to hit that subscribe button to make sure that you get every session as soon as it's released right there in your player uh, every two weeks. And then I uh, would love for you also to share it with any friends, um, gearing it kind of toward 20-somethings, uh, but really for anybody who is uh, trying to discover how they can move in the right direction toward positive life change. And we won't always talk about business things. It'll be uh, really everything in life as we explore all those things that I've talked about, all the Fs, faith, family, fitness, following, and finances. So if you know of anybody who might benefit, um, please definitely share that with them. And then finally, if you come over to TreyMcKnight.com, um, you can connect with me there. You'll find all my social media there. Uh, and then uh, I would love for you also to subscribe to the Inspire to Move newsletter, uh, which I won't blow you up, but um, love to just share all the fresh things that are coming and you'll be the first to know of any information that's coming out of the office. So uh, love you all. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Inspire to Move podcast.